Hello, this is Jenna, owner and psychotherapist at Illuminate My Life Counseling. Today I got the chance to talk with Eric. He's a wilderness therapist. He's got a very, very good personality. So he's just going to talk to us a little bit about what he does and how he got to where he is today. I'm here with, I'm going to continue to try to call you the wrong name, so Eric LaPa today. And Eric LaPa is the owner of, what is your company called? True North Counseling. True North Counseling. And what do you do there? So I'm a counselor, um, uh, but I specialize u- um, utilizing the woods as kind of a catalyst for therapeutic change. Okay. So I have an office, it's at the Grand Traverse Commons, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of trails behind there, and there's streams and little ponds and fields and stuff, and that's really where my office is. That's what I utilize as my office. And that is a beautiful place, and it's really good to be able to connect with nature, so that's a good spot for that. Absolutely. Perfect. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, how did you get to where you are today? Holy cow, that's a long story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've got time. (laughs) Okay, well, let's see. It all started. Um, uh, So I grew up in the country as a young child um we, uh, we moved like around a lot. local country or? no uh mid michigan greenville lakeview kind of area okay um single mom moved around but always in the woods somewhere mm-hmm. um and the woods was my uh kind of escape from mm-hmm. my home it was it, it wasn't uh um, you know there was domestic violence and drug and alcohol use okay. and stuff like that and i remember as a young child thinking this is not who I'm going to be, you know, Mm -hmm. or how I'm going to be. So, um, I, the woods was my escape. I went and made forts. I played with my GI Joes out there, you know, I I hung out with my friends. Um, so as I got older, um, I'll fast forward a little bit. I, I, I finally decided to do something, uh, with my life after about, I was 22. Um, I joined the Marines and that's really where I kind of first experienced, um, like, you know, kind of what the outdoors has to offer as far as mental health wise, you know, the, you know, a lot of people um, will backpack, you know, the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Mm -hmm. Crest Trail, because it's, it's difficult. Mm -hmm. But once they succeed at that, they feel really good. And I guess the Marines kind of gave me that sense as well. Okay. So getting out of the Marine Corps, I still wanted to kind of serve in some way or, and help my community. And I was a Boy Scout and my local scout troop was doing something at the at the local park, and I just happened to be there. And um, uh, the scoutmaster invited me to to come and be part of the troop as an assistant scoutmaster. Okay. How old were you at that point? Uh, I was I was twenty six at that okay. time, right? Okay. Um, I had just started college the year before. I was in uh, business management. I, was, I, wanted I to, started out there. Did you? <laughs> I did. Awesome, yeah. I wanted to own my own Midas because I worked okay. at a Midas and the owner was so cool. He had all these toys and nice. would come in and work on his own stuff and then leave and like just come and collect <laughs> money and stuff. I was like, this is awesome. Nice. But <laughs> So I, um, through that scout troop, I got a job at a scout camp, Camp Rotary in Clare, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I just fell in love with working with adolescents in the outdoors and kids in the outdoors. I mean, I had, I had a kid come up to me and I'll, I'll never forget this. He came up to me and like tugged on my, on my shirt and handed me this and said, I made this for you. And it was this little wooden dog that he carved you know, out of a piece of wood. And I was like, Oh my gosh, he made that for me. And, Mm -hmm. and I was the rifle range director, you know, the Marine Uh camp director wanted me to be the, the rifle range director. And I had, I had this, you know, Marine, rifle range hat on I was like 
thanks kid, get away from me. Oh, <laughs> um, no. Locked away. You were like, the cold one. <laughs> right, I was trying to be, you know, stoic and, and tough or whatever, you know, and uh, uh, I, I just, I almost lost it, you know, like okay. literally almost cried because this kid just like took his time and uh-huh. made this, this was his first year at camp. Mm-hmm. I like let him come down to the range and work extra hard and made sure that he got his merit badge because he wanted it so bad. And when he first got there, <laughs> I mean, the kid couldn't hit water jumping out of a boat, really. So, you know, he was missing everything. (laughs) But we worked hard, and he got his merit badge, and he made that for me and gave it to me before he left. So, curiosity, when he walked away, did you turn around and tear up a little bit? I mean, absolutely. I had Uh a tear in my eye, and I knew from that moment, and I'll never forget it, that was the moment that I said, I'm going to work with kids for the rest of my life, doing something. And I went back to... to, um, my college advisor and I said, you know, this is what I've got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he started me down the path in like social work and I switched it to sociology. Okay. Um, and, and then I, I went, I went to work in that field and that mental health field with adolescence and, um, went from, from the camp. My first professional job after undergrad was with, uh, oh man, what was the name of that place? It was a, a maximum security Therapeutic juvenile detention facility. Oh, that'd be interesting. So, okay. uh, oh man, Turning Point Youth Center. Mm-hmm. It was in St. John's. It's actually now a, still a mental health facility, but not for maximum security okay. and uh-huh. juvenile delinquents. Uh-huh. So these were like you know kids that killed people, burned people. Okay. You know, CSC so stuff some like scary that. Stuff. Some very scary stuff with mm-hmm. you know oppositional defiant disorder, antisocial mm-hmm. personality disorder. Okay. Um, roughest of the rough if these kids didn't graduate our program they went to maxi school for boys which is the michigan prison for boys right um we had one kid that was there for four years and couldn't graduate the program we finally had to send him on Mm -hmm. um very tough job you know they taught you they trained you in you know self-defense for sure. They trained you in safe handling and safe care of, you know, uh, an explosive mm-hmm. resident um, to sit with your back to the wall. Okay. I actually developed acid reflux while I worked there. Okay. <laughs> Strange, right? No. All this Sounds like it could be stressful. Huh? Very. Um, <laughs> you know, it was it was it was a little um, a little bit of an eye opener. Uh, I, I actually was able to incorporate or get them to allow me to incorporate some outdoor stuff. Okay. So I got them to allow me to take some of the, you know, the better behaved kids mm-hmm. out fishing okay. at, a, at a local fishing tournament. And that's awesome. Yeah. And that actually became a yearly thing. Okay. And that's kind of where I was like, all right, yeah, we can do more of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, we moved up here. That was about 15 years ago. Okay. Um, my wife and I, um, mm-hmm. she got a teaching job and I worked at the Leelanau school. Okay. Which is a private boarding school for kids with learning differences. Okay. ADD, mm-hmm. ADHD, dyscalculia. Um, and of course, along with teenagers and learning differences come mm-hmm. some emotional and behavior stuff. Oh, for sure. Um, it's hard know. to communicate sometimes when you have so much going on in your brain. Right. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, add all that, to, you know, mix it in with the adolescence mm-hmm. brew and it's just, yeah, there's <laughs> going to be issues. Um and I was a I was what they called a house parent or a dorm parent or whatever. I supervised the ninth and tenth grade boys dorm, and I okay. facilitated uh, you know weekly, you know multiple times a week uh, groups on 
you know, social, emotional education stuff, communication, okay. um, study skills, um, mm -hmm. conflict resolution, you know, all kinds of stuff. But I got to do that kind of how I wanted to. They kind okay. of gave me free range. So I did that outdoors. Mm -hmm. I held almost all my groups outdoors. All of my communication stuff was team building based games or experiential type games where, okay. you know, they would have to overcome obstacles together and figure out, you know, mazes together or whatever else. Okay. Um, and I saw a lot of growth and that's mm -hmm. kind of where I developed my walk and talk technique okay. on this campus on Lake Michigan with the Crystal River running through nice. it, you know. Sleeping Bear Dunes butts right up against it. Good so, place to have a vision. Awesome, right? <laughs> so we would, I would walk around the campus with these, you know, adolescents talking about everything, you know, okay. that they wanted to talk to me about. Um, and it just seemed like they were opening up, okay. you know, like the floodgates were coming open as compared to in my office in the dorm. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, mm -hmm. it was a little more rigid. and yeah. In know, the different. office, it's pressured speech. You have to try to think of stuff on the spot. When you're out in nature, you're just kind of thinking as you go. Right, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, your mind really relaxes For out sure. there. You know, it, I mean, in grad school, I, I studied wilderness therapy they, okay. I did all my research papers on it all my mm -hmm. all the books that I read you know I talked with Western before I even joined the program saying you know this is I'm going to do wilderness therapy okay. I'm going to do a, a wilderness therapy internship you know I'm going to do all my research on you know wilderness therapy and they were like absolutely okay. you know bring it on so awesome so I, where'd you end up doing your internship out of curiosity oh uh awesome so I did it with NMC Okay. And um, they had a uh, a sale champion program, okay. which was oh man, it was in it was in collaboration with the Maritime Heritage Alliance. Okay. Uh -huh. And they had a, a I don't remember exactly how big it was. It was a large sailing boat, right, okay. with a with a galley and a, and all that stuff and a forward um, um, room. But that was kind of like my office. So. Okay. We would take these groups of adolescents, you know, at-risk kids from Child and Family Services, from mm -hmm. Leelanau Family Probate Court, from uh, Grand Traverse County, and, and we would take them and do some kind of on-land um, icebreakers and team-building exercises, and then okay. we would get them on the, on the sailing boat and teach them how to sail together because it's, it's a really a team effort to sail a large For boat. For sure. I mean, it takes a lot of people to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and the captain of the boat, would would really do that while I was underneath doing individual counseling nice. with the adolescents and we would sail out to Power Island and then we would do some stuff on the island some wilderness therapy some walk and talk stuff mm -hmm. and some more team building stuff and swimming and fun and all that stuff too you know that's um, awesome they yeah. still do that today don't they they do they yeah. do and NMC so they all not only did they I don't know if they do in collaboration with like Child and Family Services or that anymore? I think I have seen that in one of the have advertisements, which is where it kind of like comes up in my mind because I'm a licensed foster parent through CFS, oh, okay. so I've kind of seen it. You've come seen that up? A, Great! I yeah, love it. I'm so glad yeah. that program's still going because it yeah. was awesome. It looks awesome. Yeah. Obviously, my foster baby's a little bit young for yeah, anything yeah, like that, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, someday, someday, someday. Right? Yes, exactly. They um. So NMC did it with their incoming freshmen mm -hmm. as a volunteer thing. Like you could go out and learn how to sail and I would do the experiential, you know, team building games and stuff like that. So, okay. um, yeah. And then I, 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 uh, I left the Leelanau school and went to work for CFS for a little while at, um, Pete's place. Okay. 
yeah. Yeah, the yep. homeless and runaway shelter. Um, did some street outreach for them as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got a job at Munson, and I did okay. the assessment and evaluation stuff. How was that compared to working with the adolescents? Because that's a whole kind of different area. Yeah, it was totally different. <laughs> it was completely different. Um, up until that point, so Munson doesn't evaluate adolescents or children. Okay. They, do, they do sort of now. Mm -hmm. they, they didn't when I started. Okay. So up until that point, all of my experience was, was with adolescents. You know, uh -huh. if I worked with adults, it was... You know, my coworkers are, the, are those families of, of those kids, For right? Sure. Um, so that was new completely yeah. to me. And then working, you know, in the emergency room with the severely, you know, emergent, uh, uh, mentally unwell mm -hmm. people, people with schizophrenia that were having an episode, mm -hmm. people um, bipolar and, you know, in a manic episode, uh, mm -hmm. suicidal, lots of, you know, mm -hmm. suicidal stuff paranoid, um, delusional, you know, mm -hmm. I saw a lot there. For sure. Uh, learned yeah. a lot you, I hear you get a lot of experiences if you work for an ER, so. You do, yeah, absolutely. You get everything from, you know, and, and little kids from, I, I mean, eight years old all the way up to people in their 80s and 90s that you mm -hmm. see in there with dementia or delirium or something like that. Little kids mm -hmm. with anxiety or suicidal thoughts oh, or something sure. like that, yeah. And that's sad stuff to see. Oh, it's know. terrible, absolutely. Um, I, yeah, it was really hard to, to see some of those, um, younger kids in there, mm -hmm. you know, with, with wanting to, to kill themselves. I For mean, sure. eight or nine years old, you know, yeah. man, I was flipping mud pies still. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Things have changed. Yeah. Do you think things have actually changed or are we more willing to talk about it today? I think it's a combination of both. I mean, okay. we weren't bombarded and, and exposed to 24 seven media and That's stressful true. information right for sure we our kids today get a lot more stressful information adult mm -hmm. information than we did when we were younger mm -hmm. and they're not dumb you know right. they know what a virus and a pandemic and they yeah. know what you know social unrest or you know they mm -hmm. through association they know it through putting pieces together of things mm -hmm. and they they feel that stuff you know Absolutely. and and i think that you know, social media doesn't help, you know? Uh -huh. I saw a graph, uh, I don't remember where the graph came from. I think it came from the um, Netflix documentary, Social Experiment, Social... Okay. I can't remember the exact name oh, of it. Is it similar to like 100 people or something like that? Uh, I've not seen that one. Is, oh, that's a, that's another good experimental Is it? show. They have 100 people, the same 100 people every time for all the different experiments that they're doing. Oh, wow. Like it's interesting. And to see how they react in different experiments. Yeah, I think it's called 100 people. I'll have to look it up and make sure and yeah. let you know, but I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So the graph shows the, the rise in... Um, social media and, and smartphone technology okay. and the rise in adolescent anxiety mm -hmm. and they almost start at almost the exact same time yeah you well know? you think about it even as adults we go on there and we scroll and you can instantly feel your anxiety going up as you're reading things so oh, totally. can't imagine what it would do to a kid totally really. totally Their brains are so much younger right still they forming. don't right they don't know how to how to process it or right. handle it as well you know they bottle it up or yeah. you know adults we've learned some coping skills or uh -huh. techniques either you know that we've learned on our own or through therapy or For sure. you know a parent or whatever yeah. um but a lot of those kids they they don't know how to how to 
handle it just yet. For sure. Yeah. So what would your recommendations be for kids? I know that's not necessarily, <laughs> social media is not necessarily your main focus, but yeah. like looking at all of that, like what are your recommendations? No, social media is, you know, you know something I'm very concerned with. Okay. And I've mm-hmm. talked with parents about, um, you know, the um, appropriate apps, you know, okay. what to look out for, what they can do with their... So there are lots of apps that parents can download on their children's phones to make sure that they don't see certain things, that okay. that they can't um, see certain types of media or download certain types of apps. We talk about mm-hmm. that. We talk about having um, open dialogue with your child that, you know, you're going to pick up that phone anytime you want and kind of go through it because, For sure. you know, it's your job to keep them safe as parents. Mm-hmm. and. You know, they might think that they know everything, oh, yeah. but they don't just yet. And, I remember and, knowing everything. Well, I did too at 17, heck yeah, 16, heck yeah, 14. Heck yes. You My 13-year-old thinks she knows it all right now. What am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, it starts pretty early, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and, now we don't know nothing. <laughs> right? Well, not only that, but social media allows adolescents, so anxiety, right? We're... Mm-hmm especially in social anxiety with adolescence is rising quite a bit Mm -hmm. and social media allows them to retreat Mm -hmm. into a socially safe space ish right that that physical social space avoidance right yes Mm -hmm. almost exactly like that Mm -hmm. and when they're not when they're doing that when they're avoiding it more and more they're not practicing those social skills or learning Mm -hmm. those social skills over time and then they grow up into, you know, uh, young adults mm-hmm. or even adults with higher levels of anxiety of not sure. d- knowing, you know, or not being able to connect with people. I see a lot of young adults in their 20s that, are, that feel like they're lost, disconnected, oh, sure. have no friends anymore, you know, because they were used to all that connection. Mm-hmm. And then they slowly went away from it by, you know, being engrossed in the social media instead, yeah. online gaming. Yes, it's a form of socialization. Mm-hmm. And actually during the pandemic, I was I was telling parents maybe oh, to sure. allow it more, social. right? Yeah. To allow it some more, sure. and to but to explain to their child that this is why we're allowing it more. Mm-hmm. Because this is the only, way that you can get socialization mm-hmm. right now is through these video chats or you know mm-hmm. through online gaming or, or something when this dissipates mm. we're gonna you know move away from that and go back to more face-to-face stuff okay. play dates and whatever for sure how do you feel like this whole pandemic thing has affected kids especially with the whole isolation period that we had where nobody could go anywhere yeah oh man i've been saying it since the beginning the kids have got it the worst out of all of us i agree you know we mm-hmm. could go to work mm-hmm. and see our colleagues and get socialization that way mm-hmm. you know we're more we're more at ease with not being uh social physically we can mm-hmm. call our family and you know be social with them but the kids they don't have that for sure. You know, there's no place for them to go and play, mm-hmm. you know, together. There there was no place, you know, we, we couldn't go over to our cousin's house. We couldn't yeah. go over to our friend's house. Mm-hmm. Um, they really had it the worst. And I felt, I felt really, I felt really bad for like kids that didn't have brothers and sisters. For you know? sure. Um, or kids, you know, that live with their grandparents that aren't mm-hmm. as mobile or, you know, or mm-hmm. active. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the kids have had it the worst out of all this. And for everybody, you know, those of us who've had anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. it's heightened, right? Because oh, yes. of this 
pandemic and the people that never had it before are now experiencing anxiety and depression because of it. It's a whole new thing for a lot of people. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. the same thing with the adolescents. Mm -hmm. Those that have never experienced before are because of what's going on. And not only the pandemic, but the social unrest and the, you Mm -hmm. know, the political craziness that's happening in our <laughs> There is a lot this year. Like, what is going on with this year? Yeah, what are right? your thoughts? Like, what right? happened? Right? Where did we hit? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I, somebody, are we at rock bottom right now? <laughs> somebody opened a mummy sarcophagus <laughs> Something in like that. Egypt. <laughs> are we all waiting for the zombie apocalypse at this point, or what are we waiting for? Yeah, that's gonna yeah. be that's the next one, right? Yeah, I keep teasing with my coworkers about it. Is, so when when the zombie apocalypse happens, do we want to try to survive it, or do we want to get bit right away so it, that we could just like just be a, ease into it, and be the zombie? What are we gonna remember from it? I was gonna say, it depends on what kind of zombie I'm gonna be. <laughs> yeah. Mindless, meat so, eating, like, or Walking Dead, or what is the other one? Warm bodies or cold bodies or oh, what is it? Where he comes back to life. Like with his memories and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he's but, he's, but his body is dead or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. See, yeah. so I could be that kind of zombie. I don't know if I'd want to be the Walking Dead kind of zombie yeah. though. Well, yeah. if the zombie apocalypse happens, I'm going to North <laughs> Manitou Island and nobody's going to get me. <laughs> nice. But if the zombies are already dead, can they just walk under the water? See, that's another thing. Do they float? Cause, do they? Because bodies, because they're dead. Yeah. I mean, who knows? These are questions that we need like a think tank on. We do. We do. Oh my goodness. <laughs> These are important questions. You never know. This year has taught me that anything is possible. So no doubt. No plan doubt. Plan for anything. <laughs> yeah. It's been rough and, and I, I, I can't wait for 2021 so that 2020 can be over and we can move forward. Oh, what is it that I seen on Facebook the other day? It was, what if 2021 tells 2020 to hold my beer? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I was I'm, thinking. I'm moving back to <laughs> Is 19... that possible? <laughs> I'm moving back to 1996. Then. There you go. On it. Something. Time machines. Those are possible, too. We need that. Yes, we do. <laughs> How's your 2020 been? It's been a pain in the butt. One thing after another, just cycling, this craziness. Like, beginning of the year, our dog passed away. Oh, man. And then a couple months later, our whole house flooded. And then a couple more months later, the basement flooded. So we had to redo our whole house, and then we had to redo our basement. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then, of course, with being our own private practices and stuff, we had those couple months where everybody was kind of on the down low Mm -hmm. or... Nobody was really making money, so yeah, yeah. a couple of months of nothing there, and now, now it's starting to build back up. But now there's a whole lot of court conflict stuff going on. So yeah, that's my 2020. Wow. Yeah. So and how then, is yours? Been? And then add the pandemic and whatever yes. else on top of it. Yikes! Exactly. Oh my goodness. I'm telling you, like anybody I hear from, it, it's, their year has gone the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been interesting. So you had a you had a drop in clientele in March and April or whatever so not well, necessarily or? a drop it's more of mm-hmm. a when everything went teletherapy insurance mm-hmm. companies kind of fell behind and then they were cutting rates in half and stuff like that oh. so I was paying my uh, contracted workers out of pocket versus actually getting paid to pay and them pay to pay them so, right right okay yeah. I see yeah yeah and then your couple of months you said that you kind of had a drop in at that point well I I had almost none, yeah, right. Yeah. I had a few telehealth clients, but yeah, there was, yeah, I spent a lot of mo- out of pocket money to yeah. for expenses and stuff like that. Yeah, the savings that I did have dwindled quickly in two months. But now, yeah, now I'm I'm back to a full client list. Um, That's good. I've got another counselor, a female counselor coming in, working with the LGBTQ community and awesome. transgender community. Um, she's amazing. Um, 
and, and yeah, um, referring clients to her and okay, awesome. So things are starting to pick back up. Yeah, yeah. That's um, good. That's doing good. trips too. I've I've got a I've got like some adventure therapy trips oh, that I'm I've doing. Seen that. Yeah, women's one uh, booked. I, I put it up and like six hours later it was full. Okay. Uh, doing uh, taking a, a group of six ladies out to Yellowstone. They're gonna okay. fly out there. We're gonna do whitewater rafting we're gonna do fly fishing we're gonna do horseback riding in the mountains you know we're gonna okay. tour the area mm -hmm. uh, as well as doing groups while we're out in the woods while we're by the river by the fire mm -hmm. some of those team building exercises that i talked about you know mm -hmm. that i've done before as well um I, i've i've got another couple planned for the manitou islands and, mm -hmm. and sleeping bear for the younger like younger kids and adolescents you know for okay. just camping and we learn we do groups and we do some one-on-one -on -one walk and talk but we also do um, a little bit of wilderness survival training a little oh, bit of cool wilderness too. rescue okay. training yeah Very the kids cool. love that stuff nice um, I had I had all that planned this year. I had a women's trip to the South Manitou, oh, you know, or the, and I had the, the adolescence trips, and they all got canceled because the whole pandemic. Yeah, well, yeah, that and the the park service isn't dredging out where the ferry docks on the island. Okay. Because the higher waters, there's bringing they're bringing in more oh, sand, yeah. and the boat can't get in there. It's another part of 2020 is right? all these high water levels, yes. a lot of flooding. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I hope that they're going to dredge it out so I can do trips there this yeah. year. Because okay. I also take my daughters there for an annual daddy-daughter, you know, camping oh, that's, trip. That's fun. Yeah, we love okay. it out there. It's amazing. You can see, you can get into an old lighthouse and walk up to the top okay. and get 360 views. You can sleep, you know, almost, almost right on the beach practically. You, mm -hmm. you can see this old shipwreck that's halfway out of water. Oh, that's awesome. I love old, history. That's right, awesome. yeah. Old cedar, old cedar, old growth cedar forest, like these giant cedar trees that you and nice. I couldn't even hug together, That's you know, so are out there. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay. It's a beautiful place. Okay. Yeah. Eventually, we're going to have to talk more about this women's trip that you're doing yeah. because maybe I can have you put something together for my co-workers because oh. I've got like four clinicians, I've okay. got a pillar, I've got an intern, yeah. get something like that going. Yeah. They can all use their own therapy. I could use my own therapy. Right? And that'll bring you guys closer together. You yeah. know, when I was talking about my experience in the Marines in boot camp, I have people, I, I, I was in boot camp 20 plus years ago. Okay. I still have friends that we talk, you know, sometimes on, on social media or on, on the phone. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen each other, but we are like best friends still over the phone mm -hmm. or on social media because of that unique experience that we shared in bootcamp, mm -hmm. that very difficult experience that we share. When you mm -hmm. share a unique, challenging experience with a group of people, smaller mm -hmm. or large, that brings that group super close together which be is awesome because nobody else can understand what you went through what you struggled through together what you know and how that brought you closer together okay. you become very vulnerable mm -hmm. you, you allow yourself to become very vulnerable in small groups of you know uh like-minded people uh -huh. and especially out in the woods uh -huh. you know if we did a group inside you know over one hour once a week i guarantee 99% guarantee that if we did that outside mm -hmm. on an island for five days, it would be more beneficial in those five days than, you know, a weekly group sessions for mm -hmm. six months. So we could set it up like the show Survivor? I mean, almost, oh, yeah. Almost, yeah. But as a group? Yeah, Ooh, yeah. yeah I've, cool. I've done that, taking people out to North Manitou Island with a tarp, a knife, 
and awesome. a fire striker, and we made not our sure own shelters. Not sure if my ladies would like me for that. Well, yeah, maybe <laughs> not that. That's a really challenging one, especially if it rains. It, you you really got to dig deep when you start to get wet. And hey, as long as it's hot. Yeah. Like if it, if yeah. we could go on a 90-degree day, it can rain all day. Yeah, uh, you know. Dog days of summer. <laughs> That's why I like to go out there in end of July or August. Yeah, okay. typically. Last time I was out there with with a uh, group of younger boys, they were um, 10, 10 to uh, thirteen. Okay. And we were, you know, on our day hike, and we went and saw the the shipwreck, and we were up in the old cedar, uh, old growth cedar tree forest mm-hmm. when it just started to downpour. <laughs> I mean, just rained down opened up the heavens and we had to hike back in that and we came up to this we were going through the forest and then the fog bank rolled in and it looked like this scene out of like uh, uh, gorillas in the mist or something <laughs> it was like misty and you know mossy and everything and it was really cool and we got to the top of the hill and that's when this the, the water just opened up and so our trail down the hill became like this stream uh-huh. suddenly oh, and the first of us me started going down and I slipped and I just started sliding down this trail and I was like woo go with it and I was like just hooting and hollering going down this trail woo and like little ducklings the kids just did the exact same thing sat down we're like woo ripping down oh, the hill that's awesome. and we hiked back and the whole trail was you know ankle deep water okay. we were by the time and it was like a two and a half three mile hike back to camp uh-huh. downpour we were starting to get cold I was getting a little nervous and worried for some of these kids uh-huh. and they were like oh I can't do it Eric I can't I'm like bud you know there's I can't carry you you know you you gotta do it you can do it I guarantee you you your body can go further than your brain thinks it can uh-huh and we got him back to the camp. Finally, I told him, you know, get in your tents, you know, whip your wet clothes off, get in your sleeping bag. We're all going to chill in here till the rain passes. Okay. So the rain passed. We got up. We had dinner. Yada, yada. At the end of the trip, I, I always ask him, you know, what was your what was your favorite memory of the mm-hmm. trip? Your, your favorite and your least favorite. They, they all said... Their favorite was the hike in the rain, and their least favorite was the hike in the rain. <laughs> I see how that could be challenging, but right? fun at the yeah, same time. Yeah, yeah, totally. They'll never forget that trip. They'll never forget that trip. I can remember almost every trip I've been on where it's been rainy or cold or, mm-hmm. you know, difficult in some way. But every camping trip or trip I've been on that's been sunny and weather's been perfect and everything went smooth... Mm-hmm. I can only remember a handful of those. Okay. You know, our brains are designed to remember those out of the ordinary difficult the almost traumatic experience exactly exactly imprints on your brain it does it downloads Mm -hmm. in a separate a separate place in your brain absolutely yeah Yeah. and so um you know that i mean but that has kept us alive for millions of years too yeah yeah, for sure we had to start somewhere (laughs) and that's what anxiety is it's sort of you know um evolutionary kind of trait that actually could be good sometimes it can keep us safe Absolutely. You know, it can keep us safe from people, from places, from situations. Mm-hmm. Like a defense mechanism. Almost like a defense mechanism, yeah. yeah. And anxiety is totally appropriate in everybody. We all experience it. Oh, it's, yeah. it's a fear-based emotion. It's just mm-hmm. fear of the unknown or mm-hmm. what could come the future. So. For sure. So yeah. do you have any concerns for those that say they have no fear? I mean, a lot of people can say it. It doesn't mean it's true. But yeah, no, everybody has fear. Even those, that, Even the ones that say that they don't. Are afraid they're just focusing or channeling that um, there's a rock climber Aaron something or other he climbed Yosemite without okay. a harness and rope he climbed a uh, half dome rock adrenaline I mean it's called uh, it's called uh, God, free climb 
shoot, I can't remember, but but he talks about he's scared. Uh-huh. But he utilizes that and channels it and makes himself be even more focused mm-hmm. on each climb and each grab and each hold. He stays even more so in the present moment. He's basically being more mindful, right? Meditative yeah. of every handhold. He's looking at it. Mm-hmm. And even before he's he talks about he climbs the whole thing in his mind okay. before he actually goes out and attempts it physically. So he's mm-hmm. meditating, yes. right? Focusing okay. on one thing, being mindful, and mm-hmm. then when he gets out there, you know, he's re- redoing it physically. He's okay. kind of mental projecting himself and then um, making it happen out there. It's yes. a great movie. Oh, it's free Solo. Okay. Free solo. solo. All right. Amazing. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's pretty so, cool. So would you recommend that each of us go out and try to free climb a rock <laughs> or a mountain? <laughs> Negative. Negative. Okay. No. All right. In fact, when I watched that guy climb, I got anxiety and like, uh-huh. like got scared for him. I'm okay. afraid of heights, but okay. I climb still. I rock climb mm-hmm. and I've, I've tried to climb mountains and stuff. Um, but I have a lot of faith in the gear that I'm wearing, the harness okay, and the rope and everything. Sure. When I don't have that on, um, I don't have that faith and that fear kind of overwhelms me. Um, mm-hmm. This past summer, I tried to climb Long's Peak, which okay. is actually the, known as one of the deadliest mountains in the Rocky oh, Mountain wow. National okay. Park, 14,259 feet. Um, I got up to 13,500 feet and then the path got like shoulder width narrow mm-hmm. with a, like a 10,000 foot drop off. And I just mm-hmm. couldn't overcome my fear. Okay. But I knew my limit, and I knew that if I could, if I felt this way now, I couldn't feel that way on that trail. Okay. There's, there's like zero room for error uh-huh. out, out there like that. So that was my limit, and okay. and I chose to stay behind, and some others went forward, and okay. um, I'm proud of that. I got to where I was. For and, sure. You know, probably got farther than I would. <laughs> a lot of people turned around before that. You know, uh-huh. I, I did a men's group. I took a men's group out there, and okay. Um, one of the five of us went all the way to the top. Hey, nice. the Ooh. other four stayed behind because we okay. were like, "Yep, can't do it." Got to know your limits. You though. do. You do absolutely awareness. Just like what I posted yesterday, anxiety can cause your mind to shut down once you get to a certain point. So if you get that cloud over you and you're trying to climb that high, I would assume right. that could be very dangerous. Right. Yeah, you get shaky or make a mm-hmm. you know make a wrong step or something like that, and For sure. you don't get another. You don't get a redo. So okay. yeah. good to know your limits. Awareness of your absolutely. strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Awareness is always important anyways, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But facing your fears are is also really important because that's how right. you kind of build your resilience toward the, towards that anxiety. Right. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of self-growth that happens, mm-hmm. you know, when you face your fears and overcome them or, mm-hmm. you know, even when you're climbing a rock wall. Uh-huh. You know, at a local gym, if you've never climbed before and you're afraid of heights and you climb that and you come down, you're mm-hmm. going to get a boost of confidence. You're going to sure. get a, a, a boost of self-esteem. You know, you mm-hmm. see yourself as being able to maybe overcome other fears or other For challenges sure. in your life. Um, sure. I can climb all the way to the top. It's just the letting go at the top to drop back to, down. To come back down, It's a little yeah. more complicated for yeah. me. Yeah, that's where the trust comes in, I <laughs> yeah. guess, right? And the equipment yeah, and all exactly. that. Absolutely. Yeah, um... Yeah, overcoming the fears, facing challenges that are difficult. Um, when I when I do groups in the wilderness, I I, I often um, try to take their challenges that they're discussing that they've experienced on the trip mm-hmm. and put it into a real world context. Okay. So mm-hmm. that they can see that you know what they've learned about themselves in the wilderness, they can take and keep with them 
in, mm-hmm. in the real world, back, okay, back in the sure. urban environment. For and, sure. uh, there's a lot of growth that happens um, on, on trips like that. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's fun to see growth in our clients. Growth, growth in our clients. Oh my goodness. Good. It's Monday. You got more coffee. <laughs> it's Monday. It is, is it Monday? Wait, it's no, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. Wait, We're yeah. somewhere in the week. It's 2020. It doesn't matter. It is. It is. It all blends together. We can pronounce now. the L in Salmon now. It doesn't matter. Oh, good. Oh, good. So I'm talking perfectly normal today. <laughs> Alright, so a question that's way off topic. Awesome. What are your thoughts of fanny packs as a wilderness nature therapy? Fanny packs? I used to have a Vision Streetwear <laughs> hip sack. Not oh, a fanny awesome. pack, it's a hip sack. Oh, a hip sack, okay. Well, when you're a skater, it was a hip sack. <laughs> I had a Vision and had all my little skate tools and extra bearings for my wheel in case I oh. needed or whatever. And then I got older and they weren't as cool anymore. And my dad wore a leather one and then it was like really lame. Right? See, now they're coming back. Though. Are they? Yeah, my husband has one. You can see that oh, I have I see my baby. Oh, it's an outdoor one even too. Yeah, right yeah. It's great for taking on your hikes and your runs and stuff. Totally, totally. But I, I thought, what happened to the sling bag? I thought. I think I've seen that a couple times, but I'm actually seeing more and more people with fanny packs again. I would wear a fanny pack, but it would have to be a Vision Street wear fanny pack, a skateboard Vision pack. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'd have to see what one of those looks like. My husband's is really cool, so mine's kind of big and bulky, but his is like nice and slender, and it goes around. I'm like, I need one like that. That's yeah. like cool. That makes yeah. fanny packs look awesome. You can kind of like put it under your shirt or something, even yeah, if you needed to. Exactly. I, I love fanny packs, so I had to ask what your yeah. thoughts were on it. Especially being out in nature a lot. Awesome. Oh, man. Yeah. I carry a little kind of a, a small like camelback bag with extra okay. stuff in it or, you know, whatever. Sure. Sometimes I'm carrying um, like fire starting stuff you know, <laughs> okay. or yep. carrying rope to, to do knots while so we're talking. So you might talking. need a little more room? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm sure they have some great big fanny packs. As long as it's a skateboard. I'm, t- I'm telling you, I would totally wear a Vision Streetwear one. I love, I skateboarded. From the time I was 10 till, I mean, I still have a skateboard and okay. I'll, I'll do ollies and kick flips in my driveway. Nice. And my kids are like, awesome. whoa, dad, you're so cool. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. yeah, I'm still cool in one way. <laughs> See, you're still cool. So if you bring back the fanny pack, it's going to be cool. My kids will wear one. I should yes, get like exactly. a family fanny pack thing. Yes, my daughter, my six-year-old, she has a fanny pack. Does she really it's awesome. right on the front. Oh, it's nice cute. and sparkly and everything. Yeah, she can yes. yeah. Exactly. Fanny packs are awesome. Anyway, so I had to bring it up. Yeah, totally cool. <laughs> It fit in with the conversation I Totally cool. Yeah. It's a space to carry outdoor gear. Yes. Survival gear. Exactly. First aid kit. I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For you know, sure. A compass. A, yeah. a compass. A map, maybe even. Awesome. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Pretty soon you're going to start seeing your adolescents and kids that you work with. They're all going to be wearing fanny packs. I'm going to give them fanny packs. That's awesome. It's gonna be See, you could do, have like your little logo on little there. True North logo on the fanny awesome. pack that I can give away. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, oh. that's actually kind of cool. That's, right? that's a good idea. Hold on. It is. So when you start on that, let me know. Yeah, in a water bottle. You got to have water. Yeah, you could get a fanny pack with a water bottle thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Their whole wilderness kit right in their fanny pack. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you got this. <laughs> All right. So if somebody wanted to do some wilderness or nature therapy and get a hold of you, how would they start out? What does that process look like? Uh, they would, they would, I mean, they can look me up on psychologytoday.com or, okay. you know, um, I have a Facebook page, True North Counseling TC. Okay. Um, they, they can get my number off of there and okay. give me a call. And, um, if my schedule allows it, we can get them in for an intake session and then kind of go from there. And, um, I do in office sessions as well. There are some clients that prefer that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, um, so, on, on occasions we'll go out and walk, but okay. they prefer to stay in on, on some occasions. I always ask them, do you want to, you know, go for a walk or do you want to stay okay. in today? Um, but, sure. but most people, like, that's kind of established that they want to walk and talk. Okay, gotcha. Um, Even on the rainy days? Well, you know, <laughs> good question. Good question. You know, um, if it's if it's raining, like drizzling, or you know, just kind of barely raining, we'll still go out in it. Like okay. you know, wear nice. wear a raincoat. You know, wear boots. Okay. Um, my motto is: there's there's no such thing as bad weather, just a poor choice of clothing. Okay. You know, if you layer up, you're going to be warm enough. You know, you add little hand warmers and little toe warmers. Um, I, I have snowshoes that my clients that I have a, a range of sizes awesome. that we put on mm -hmm. and we walk in the winter time as well um, okay. yeah if, it, if it's lightning out no I, you know thunderstorm uh -huh. or just downpouring drenching um, we don't go out and typically if it's above 90 91 degrees we don't go outside okay. either what if your client really really likes like 100 degree weather will you go out with them negative okay <laughs> <laughs> right. i live in northern michigan my blood is not it's not that thin to withstand that See, kind of weather i've lived in northern michigan all my life when we have 100 degree days i'm like the happiest oh, seriously brutal. the winter i have a hard time with winter really? but i still stick around because this is where everything is that i know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. I love all four seasons. They're all beautiful in their own way, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes. They are pretty from looking out the window. Like winter's pretty if yeah. you're looking outside. Oh man, window. it's the best like on a on a sunny day when the snow has all just come down and it's stuck to all the trees. Uh-huh. You know, and the sun comes out and everything looks like diamonds and is covered it and it's pretty. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then you get out in it and there's not as many birds, but there are birds. Mm -hmm. You know, so you see them little peepers and stuff. You can see through the trees mm -hmm. in the woods way better in the wintertime than you can in any other season because there's no leaves. You can like see for a long way. So you can see lots of deer, for you know, sure. other animals, turkeys, coyotes and stuff going through. In the fall, we have the beautiful color changes, right. you know, right. and then the spring is everything's fresh and new and coming out and flowers and all that. I love spring. I love fall. I love summer. I guess mm. I, if I had to choose a favorite part of winter, it's probably the smell. So if you go out mm. in the woods during the winter, it has mm -hmm. a unique kind of yeah. almost cold smell to it. Yeah, yeah. I like the quietness and the quietness. stillness of, yes, that of is winter. Nice too. That's pretty peaceful. Yeah, we get that mm -hmm. snow kind of covered and that like insulates everything, mm -hmm. doesn't allow things to echo. Yeah. either quite as much so it really it's really neat but yes around february end of february and march i'm like okay cold go away <laughs> oh, yeah. like it's we time, all get to that you know, i get to that about two weeks in but yeah <laughs> if it's gonna be cold driving. i want it to snow you know like okay, if it's gonna be cloudy sure. i want it to rain I yes. you know something man yes. good lord nice all right so so they can get a hold of you through facebook they can get a hold of you they can find you like it's gonna be yeah. easy even if they reach out to me i can point them in the okay, right direction yeah. it, uh it's well my number two three one three four two five two three two um that's a direct line to me but yeah psychologytoday.com they can google mm -hmm. me facebook whatever instagrams you know all those things Perfect. that we we do these days yes. to stay relevant social media to stay relevant in the, <laughs> in the area that. yeah all right so what ages do you usually see yeah so uh 10 to you know uh 50s is kind of my my area that i feel most comfortable with okay um the younger kids i'll you know refer to my my coworker kelly or some okay. other uh therapists that specialize or you know work mostly with younger kids mm -hmm. but adolescents uh young adults 
Um, in middle age, yeah, absolutely. Those are my, my most comfortable. Awesome. Do you take any insurances, anything like that, or are you all cash pay? It's all cash right now. I'm working, I'm, I'm thinking about accepting some insurances, but as you know, it's a, it can be a really, really difficult thing to work with and frustrating. Okay. and. Um, they have time. guidelines you have to live by. In your yeah. practice, you don't have any guidelines. Right. You can yeah. be free roam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can take the notes that I want to yeah. note down and the ones that I don't want and I don't have to. Yeah, and yeah, you know, it it, it, it it's very time consuming too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. extra 5, 10, 15, an hour on top of the hour you already spent with your clients. Mm -hmm. so. I'm going to be honest, in private practice, you don't have to charge nearly as much as you think you do. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, okay. so if you ever need help with that stuff, yeah. figuring it out. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, want to, I want to try to work with the, the VA. Okay. You know, being uh -huh. a veteran myself and being a therapist, I really, and, and knowing how a lot of veterans will respond to outdoor type of therapy rather than indoor, you know, typical, mm -hmm. you know, military men in particular don't do therapy, you know, very well. Right. Um, so mm -hmm. walk and talk stuff works really well for them. Mm -hmm. You know, it just seems more natural for them and for less, sure. less forced, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so Again, offices can be very pressuresome, so. Sure, yeah. And, and so I want to work with the VA and try to put together some, some veterans okay. trips and then. That's cool. Um, but, that should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> but right now I'm, I'm doing pretty well without okay. accepting insurances, yeah. Awesome, so do you work on like a sliding scale depending on income, do you have a base rate? You don't have to tell us what that is, I'm just curious kind of. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty much a base rate and there's there's not really, it's not really based on, on income. Um, I, I try to work with all my clients to make it affordable and, and okay. to, to work with them. Um, sometimes clients that I, I've seen, you know, during this pandemic, you know, mm -hmm. they came into some some financial difficult times too and I reduce my rate for them or you know let them you know make some payments and stuff like that too because okay. of course I'm not going to say no we can't see mm -hmm. you know you anymore for because sure. that's just un, you know irresponsible and unethical sure. you know sure. um uh, yeah. so yeah I'll, I'll try to work with people okay. curiosity how are you as a business person because I know personally for me I am the worst business person in the world. I am terrible at collecting money. When it comes to money, I have to reach out to my builder and be like, hey, I don't want to cause conflict. Can you reach out to this person? So how are you with yeah. being a business person? Oh, man. <laughs> it's hard because I feel like um, when I first started, mm -hmm. I, 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 I'll, and still, I have a hard time like, if I if they don't offer me the check or the payment, I have a hard time going, oh, by the way, yeah. you know, hey, you owe me right. money because... It's never been about the money for uh, me. It's been about helping people. I've yeah. always been, even in school, like I was the counselor. Like uh -huh. the people would come in, I would talk to them about whatever. Like I was friends with everybody. I got along, I was I was in choir and I was in football. Uh, you know what uh -huh. I mean? So I had a wide range. Anyway, it's just it just seems like I just want to help people and then yeah. to get paid for it is really cool, but like that's not the primary goal. So mm -hmm. yeah, now I've kind of, I've gotten to the point where I ask for them to pay for it up front, you know, mm -hmm. before the, the session begins. Okay. Um, if they forget, you know, um, I typically let them leave and then I'll send them a text or something. Mm. Oh, by the way, okay. you know, because it just seems, I don't know. It doesn't seem right to, it's hard. It isn't is. It? It's super hard. I mean, but we spent a lot of money to learn how to motivate and talk with people and help them, 
you know, mm-hmm. and we spend a we spend a lot of time, and we do have overhead, and yeah. you know, this is a an an hourly kind of thing, and yeah. yeah. So you got to recognize your own self worth on top of it too, even being a counselor. Yeah, right, yeah. right. And well, then you, shoot, that's the hard part. It's yeah. really easy to try to help your clients understand that, but when it comes to yourself, you're like. Yeah. Yeah, but they can't afford it. Yeah. But then we can't afford anything because we're counselors and counselors right. are poor. <laughs> I remember we, you know, growing up, we I saw a counselor. You know, we couldn't afford anything when I when I grew up with my mom. You know, she had cancer and mm-hmm. couldn't work, and we we grew up on welfare. You know, state mm-hmm. assistance, and um, we had a great counselor who you know continued to see. We had Medicare or Medicaid or whatever it was back then. I don't know. In the okay. Eighties mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, <laughs> And so he never, you know, turned turned me away. And, and I think him and a fifth grade counselor um, really maybe put it into my head about being a counselor early on, kind of planted that seed, mm-hmm. um, which is maybe where I like got the the satisfaction out of helping other okay. kids, you know. For I've, sure. I've always said that I want to work with the most difficult ones because I felt like I was a really difficult kid. Okay. Uh-huh. You know. Um, so those two were your resilience people, would you say? Help yeah. Build that resilience. Yeah. That? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So um, helped me see a little bit of my own self worth and all mm-hmm. that stuff. That's awesome. Um, that I was not. Uh, I did not have to go down the same road my parents did. You mm-hmm. know that I could be my own independent person and choose mm-hmm. my own goals and live my own life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So. I got a question for you. Okay. okay. Um, how do you deal with um, cancellations, like late cancellations? cancellations. What's Ooh, your policy? Cancellations are tough for me. So I have oh, it yeah. written right into the policy where mm-hmm. uh, you get a warning, but then you have a no-show fee the next time. Mm-hmm. I have the issue where I get to like four or five no shows and I'll yeah. be like, should I start, should I start charging this fee that's in their contract oh, yeah. that they yeah. signed from the beginning? Okay. So yeah, I'm terrible. Yeah. <laughs> no that's the shows. hardest one. I, yeah. I have it in, I have a policy as well and they yeah. sign it's, it asks for 48 hours, but I always say mm-hmm. 24 at the least, you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and, I, and sure. I don't charge. I typically will be like, you know, let the first one slide if it's mm-hmm. like an emergency or something right. like that. But right. if it's like. I forgot or my alarm didn't go off or something. It's like, I've gotten to the point where I'm, where I'm pretty comfortable saying, you know, it's, I'm not responsible for keeping track of your schedule. I do send, I do ask if they want like a reminder, 24 hour text reminder. Okay. I've done that before. Um, but yeah, sometimes, you know, I've, I've lost clients because of asking mm. for that, you know, and they've not come back. And yeah. you, know, but you have to make your own time worth it, too. You that's do. The, yeah. You know, the, and again, it goes back to yeah. as much that we've invested in that we're an mm. hourly person. If, and if somebody cancels less than 24 hours, I can't fit somebody else in there. Absolutely. Where I where I normally could have maybe before that, if yeah. I got more than 24 hours notice, I yeah. could slip somebody in. Yeah. So. I'd say my biggest thing I have to work on is boundaries in that way. Mm-hmm. Like boundaries have always been tough for me. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I start to lay those down, I start to feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Guilty, I feel, is like that most worthless feeling ever. Like, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you want to help. Yeah, You're not exactly. in it for the money. You want to help people. Exactly. I think of all count. That's all counselors. We right. all just want to help. And again, that's why we're all poor. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. <laughs> But we didn't go to school to become rich, though. Yeah, like anybody yeah. that's going to be a counselor, social worker, anything like that, didn't go for yeah. money. So, <laughs> so why did you want to be a counselor? Oh well, I had an actual really rough start to my life. Okay. So 
when I was five, I was actually put into the foster care system. When I was seven, I was adopted. Okay. And then when I was 16, I actually got kicked out of my house. Oh, wow. So I ended up going out and actually living with my boyfriend, who's now my husband. We've been married uh-huh. for like 10 plus years. We got married while I was still in high school. That's but anyways, uh-huh. <laughs> so with all those experiences, that kind of led me to wanting to be a counselor. Yeah. Like from the beginning, I knew I wanted to be a counselor. And then I got to that point where I'm like, well, I'm really good at math. So I'm going to try business and accounting and all these different areas. Mm-hmm. Lasted about a year of education in that. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not going to yeah. do this. Boring. <laughs> yes, exactly. So really just a bunch of life experiences. And I think yeah. that's actually with most people that become counselors. I do or, too. I think so. so. That's what, kind yeah. of why I asked. I was yeah. wondering, you know, I, like I said, I had a traumatic um, uh, childhood. And I think that that's what leads a lot of counselors down this path is wanting yeah. to help others like themselves exactly. make it through and, and be, mm-hmm. be happy again or find happiness yes. again. And the funny thing is, when I went into social work, I actually told myself I wanted to work with traumatized kids, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then I tried out working with traumatized kids, and that was a huge trigger for me. So I actually could not stick to what I originally wanted to do. okay, yeah. So that was really interesting for me, too. Yeah, yeah. It's more about knowing your limits, I guess. Right, yeah, that's interesting that you said that. You know, I've I've experienced some trigger Mm -hmm. here and there with some clients, and... Mm -hmm. um, I've fallen back on some of my mindfulness practice, you know, to like bring myself back into the moment with them and get out of my Mm -hmm. traumatic memory or whatever. And it can be hard when you go into that fight or flight. It really can for a minute. It really can. And you've got to, you've really got to focus back in. But, Mm -hmm. um, I I have not taken certain cases because I knew that it was way too close Mm -hmm. or that I was starting to feel, you know, uh, some sort of anger or whatever towards like transference transference yeah yeah like you know when when you hear of of kids being abused you know you you know i want to go into batman mode you know and (laughs) vigilante but you you know you can't you know um so yeah that's that's really hard and then you get you get into you know another thing that's really hard is is our um i don't know about you Mm -hmm. um imposter syndrome you know where where Uh, we don't we don't really, are, are we really counselors? Oh, are you we mean really when doing... we ask ourselves, man, this person really needs a professional. Should I send them to a professional? Oh, crap, yeah. or am I, is, am, I, am I really a professional now? What? That's yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think we am all get that Am I doing it right? Am I helping them enough? Do I know enough about this to help exactly. them? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we all experience that. Yeah. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for normalizing that normal. for me. Thank you for normalizing that for me. Oh, no problem. Yeah, all the time. That's yeah. that's one of my biggest things. But I think that comes from, you know, with a trauma background, mm-hmm. we experience anxiety a lot. Oh, yeah. You know? oh, yeah. Um, so that might be what that is about for mm-hmm. me is like my anxiety of being a good enough. For sure. You know, I'm for shooting sure. all over myself. I should be a better counselor. Yeah. I should, I should research shoulds. more. I should, you know, do this more. <laughs> I should be a better parent. I should, you know, uh, save more money. Yeah. Man, you'd fit right into our group. You sure you don't want to come work yeah, for me? Right. We all should all over ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Right here. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. All of my counselors have anxiety, mm-hmm. except for the new one that we just brought on. He says that he doesn't really experience anxiety. I'm like, whoa, whoa. What? What? Right? I'm like, wow. You need to teach us something. That's a whole no, no, another level of normal. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know that level. I've never been there. So, right. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, this has been an awesome conversation. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming in and talking with me today. Yeah, I remember when we first met. We were at that. um, There was a business networking group. Yeah, the network. Yeah, are you? Did you end up being part of that? 
It was a part of it for a little bit, but then the business started growing so much that I'm like, I you don't have time to. You didn't to need it. it even yeah. by then, yeah. Exactly. Okay, okay cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was cool to meet new friends, though. Yeah. Like, seriously, I enjoyed it for that reason. Yeah, like, yeah. Just communicating, socializing, stuff yeah. like that. Is that when you were first starting out, too? It was. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, we were well, both pretty new at that yeah. point. Yeah, look so, where you are now. Congratulations. Ooh, yeah, look where you are, yeah, though. We are doing... We're doing awesome. I guess we are professionals. We are. Holy crap. We should stop shooting on ourselves. Wait, oh. just shoot it again. <laughs> Dang it. Should we stop? Wait, should we? Should we? No, we should not. Never. <laughs> I don't think I can financially ever stop being a counselor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yup. Oh, awesome. Man. But yeah, so thank you for taking the time. I think yeah. this conversation was awesome, and I think yeah. people will learn a lot from it. So, so thank you very much for inviting me here, Jenna. Yeah, it's been thank awesome. You. And we'll totally have you on here again. Okay, cool. It was fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank <laughs> you. All right. It's quote time, and I found a very good quote to go along with Eric's personality today, and that is, wilderness therapy is the thing, and it is seriously awesome. So that one's for you, Eric. We also appreciate our audience taking the time to listen today. If you have any comments or feedback, we would love to hear it. Definitely try out sandwiching of comments when leaving us feedback. You can find more on sandwiching in our first episode. For more episodes, please feel free to follow.